listening to the Broadcast Basement On Demand Radio Network. It's the podcast in the Broadcast Basement. Hey gang, Chris here. I just want to take a quick moment and say thank you. Thank you for the support. Thank you for listening. And thank you for subscribing. But I also want to warn you that if you aren't subscribed to this podcast, you may be missing episodes. A lot of people follow us on social media, but sometimes our tweet with the link doesn't show up in your feed. Some of you follow our Facebook page or follow a Facebook group where we share the link. But Facebook tries to hide those page shares in an effort to shake us down for money. And if they see me sharing it in a group, they suspend me for weeks on end. That means you miss episodes. Don't miss episodes anymore. If you have an iPhone, there's a little purple podcast button. And if you don't have it anymore, just go into the App Store. Download it for free. If you have an Android phone, click on Google Play. Search podcast. Pick an app that you like. Spotify works. Go into these apps, search the name of the show, and hit subscribe. Now you'll never miss anything. Thanks for subscribing. You keep listening. We'll keep making them. How are you doing? Oh, doing much better. Um, first of all, I just want to say over the last couple of weeks, it's been a little bit of uh, some rough times in my personal life. Um, just a little over a week ago, my mother-in-law, Denise, passed away at 68 years old. Um, she wasn't just my mother-in-law. I mean, I actually lived with her for like, a little over eight years. It's some of our family lived in one big house out here in the southwest suburbs. And uh, as you were kind of close to her, uh, she was a huge Blackhawks fan. So um, raise the sticks on high for Denise's entrance into heaven. And uh, I will definitely miss her. And uh, I thank her for making my wife, Jen, the woman that she is today. And um, they tolerated wrestling. I mean, they didn't talk a lot about wrestling. Jen actually went to some wrestling shows and she did watch wrestling while she was younger. I wasn't sure if that was her mom or her dad that got her into it. But yeah, so there's been, there was some wrestling exposure in the family. So I know at the very least wrestling has always been tolerated in the house. And then um, for that, I appreciate and uh, rest in peace, Denise. Uh, I'm really sorry for your loss. You and your wife, of course, that's her mother. And I just, uh, it's a tough loss. I remember you told me about it. I'm like, well, we're going to adjust however we need to for you, buddy. And that's one of the main reasons we've been doing the shows on Tuesdays the last two weeks to try to get around the schedule of what's going on personally over there with Mike and his family and uh, my best, the thoughts, the prayers, and uh, and of course a, a sad day. Uh, you want to talk wrestling? Uh, how are how are you? Um, how you doing with it? Because it's kind of hard to keep up with all that stuff when you're in the middle of uh, you know this major family thing. Uh, you know, a lot of planning, a lot of you know. It, it can't be diff- It can't be easy during the whole COVID thing yeah, to be able to do things you want to do it as well. So I'm sure this was very difficult. So I don't know how much wrestling you've seen. Yeah, well, I've seen enough to talk about it for 30 minutes, so I, I think we're ready to go. All but right, yeah, all right. It's a little awkward dealing with the COVID and some of the rules and stuff like that, and the services couldn't, the wait couldn't be as long. We had to limit people coming in and out of the chapel and stuff like that, or the funeral, uh, the the funeral home uh, parlor, I should say, and you know, uh, sanitizer at several different spots. But you know, we made it work. We were still able to do some hugs with our masks on and stuff like that. So. Uh, 
we're surviving. I gotcha. I gotcha. NXT TakeOver. Uh, what do you take from this? The big news is that Charlotte Flair doesn't end up losing by pinfall. And Triple H actually addresses it afterwards. Break this down for me. Yeah, well, it was a triple threat match in the main event of NXT TakeOver in your house. And it was Charlotte Flair defending the NXT Women's Championship against Rhea Ripley, who she defeated at WrestleMania for that title, and Io Shirai. And Io came out on top after hitting a moonsault onto uh, Rhea Ripley, which is kind of a little bit of a rough finish. Uh, Io's knees hit um, Rhea in the face, uh, maybe a little bit of a botch, but kind of a difficult maneuver because Rhea Ripley was um, grasped in Charlotte Flair's figure eight. So she really couldn't move into a better position. So far, she, she caught the brunt of Io's knees, and then referee counted three, and that's how Io Shirai is now the new NXT Women's Champion. And it was a little bit of a surprise to me because – Okay, Charlotte Flair is the champion. Maybe she gives a little bit more rub to board the NXT people for a few more months. I think she did a great job of doing that. I thought the WrestleMania match with Rio was really, really good. And this match was also very strong. A lot of brawling, a lot of in-ring action. I mean, it had a little bit of everything. And um, I think Charlotte may now be more focused on the Raw roster again. But um, I'm a little surprised that they took it off of her so soon. You know, one of the criticisms that Triple H actually ad- addressed afterwards on a conference call was that the idea that, oh, we, if we're going to have her lose, we can't let her get pinned. We, like, she's unbeatable because of the Flair name. He, he, I don't know if he really kind of, like, explained uh, wh- why the result is the way that it ends up re- resulting. I get it, though. I mean, she's, she's a big star at what's supposed to be a higher level. And mm-hmm. NXT is like the young and upcoming people. If she gets beat, it kind of kind of kills her credibility a little bit. And this yeah. is a way, I mean, you kind of, I get protecting her with the NXT thing. It also, by letting the belt not go back to Ripley, allows her to move on and continue a feud with Flair on the main stage now after bringing some attention to NXT. I, that makes a lot of sense to me, actually, just because of the whole, the marketing angle of things is we want to get more eyes on NXT. Let's get Flair involved. Let's have her win this match at WrestleMania. But then we want to get her back on the main roster. We're going to take Ripley back over there as well. And we're going to have a new champion that people will be like, oh, I want to check this out. Kind of give a little bump to NXT, but not hurt any of your your, your big names. And Charlotte Flair is a big name. I mean, they've, they've built her up a lot at this point. The idea she would get beaten and pinned in NXT seems laughable to me. It would, it would, it would really, I don't think would make sense based upon how they built her up. Yes. Great points all the way wrong. Um, yeah. And if that is the case, what they're going to do with Charlotte and Rhea eventually the main roster, I think it's a good plan. I mean, I, if that's the case, it was perfectly executed in how they did it in terms of, you know, who got pinned, Charlotte loses the title, but she's free to do more on raw. Uh, she might be doing a little bit more with Oscar as well. They had a match on Monday night raw, uh, this past week. Uh, last night, if you're listening live on Tuesday, um, great match. Charlotte uh, pulled out the victory, and, she, and actually, uh, it was a non-title match, so maybe now she'll be back in the picture at some point. Asuka is wrestling Nia Jax this weekend at the next WWE big pay-per-view show, um, Backlash, which will be on the network on Sunday night. And uh, that ought to be kind of an interesting little thing. I, I, I think, do think is going to hold it for a little while, at the very least, until she comes up against a challenger like maybe a Charlotte Flair. But yeah, going back to to Flair, I think they did a really good job of elevating the women on the NXT level. Charlotte had a really good match with Mia Yim a few weeks ago on TV for NXT as well. 
So I think a lot of the women got some good, solid rope from Charlotte being there. So what else happened? It was a phenomenal show. And real quick, the In Your House concept, uh, about 25 years ago, WWE started producing monthly pay-per-view events, and they were just called In Your House. They were more uh, concise, quicker shows, two hours. They cost less on pay-per-view. I mean, they still had pretty big matches, but they were kind of the bridges between, like, say, a WrestleMania and a King of the Ring or a King of the Ring and SummerSlam, et cetera, et cetera, until they decided a few years later, okay, the product, the product is so big and popular now, we're just going to have three-hour three, three pay-per-views every month and charge full price. But, yeah, I thought the concept was really good. And, and at the very first In Your House, in fact, you know, this goes back to some of the nostalgia factor um, what we had with the NXT show this past weekend – um, the, the nostalgia factor was uh, the first uh, in your house. They actually gave away a house. <laughs> it was kind of funny. They uh, they called somebody up, uh, awarded them a house live on the pay per view, and uh, it was really funny. And another thing I thought they kind of played up, which was kind of cool, they brought back Todd Pettengill from the '90s, who was also a big part of the company's announce team and interview team back then. He kind of was a little bit of a studio guy. Went over the matches and stuff like that. So it was kind of funny to, to hear his voice on a WWE program again. And they also did this promotional consideration paper by the following ads, too. Like you would see like on Superstars yeah. and stuff like that back in the day, which is really, really cool. That's solid stuff. I mean, and, and if they, it would have been fun if they would have thrown in like some old-timey commercials, too. Like something mm-hmm. with like, you know, the, like to remember the, the wrestlers where you put them on your fingers or your thumb and you'd have the little, the little wrestlers. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. They should have just thrown one of those in for nostalgia's sake, you know, get something <laughs> like that going. Pro ad. <laughs> pro ad with Adam Cole, yeah. which is hilarious. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I also miss the, uh, oh gosh, I used to have them. Remember they were like the stuffed animals that were like, or like the, yeah, the, the wrestling buddies. The wrestling buddies. I had like an ultimate yeah. warrior and a Hulk Hogan, I remember, and I would make them fight each other. But in the end. All they wanted you to do was just lay them on the ground because they were just a pillow with like an yeah. image on it, and you jump off your bed into them. Like that's what I would do. I think every kid did that. They need to bring that back. I want a few things brought back <laughs> by WWE, <laughs> along with the ice cream bars. Shout out to CM Punk. Okay, yes. so <laughs> was there anything that anything that bothered you about it? Like, it was, did everything go off without a hitch? I mean, you seem you seem super excited about the the entire NXT thing, but NXT is one of your top five. You're always sitting around yeah. saying it's one of my top my five promotions. It's your favorite promotion. So, did it? Did there was there any criticism whatsoever? Or were you good with everything? Oh, uh, well, I thought I was pretty good with everything. Uh, a little surprise that Velveteen Dream did not win the NXT Championship against Adam Cole, but I thought what they did with that match was terrific. It was called a backlot brawl, so that match did not take its place inside the, the arena like every other match did. It's kind of more of that cinematic feel that they they've been doing with matches. It was outside on a close set. A uh, bunch of cars surrounding the ring with their lights on. Uh, kind of reminded me of like an old school fight. And then uh, Cole comes out in a monster truck. And then Velveteen comes out with a leather jacket and baseball bat. So right away, that harkens back to the infamous scene from Walking Dead with Negan, with Lucille, and making everybody kneel down in front of the cars with the bat. So I thought it was a really, really cool visual there with the entrances. Uh, really crazy match. They fought all over the set, on top of cars, in the ring. Um, the monster truck got involved a little bit. The Undisputed Era got involved a little bit. Then Dexter Loomis slid from under the ring and eventually subdued these the two other members of the Undisputed Era, threw them in the trunk of a car, and drove off with them. So right there you're thinking, okay, 
that interference has been nullified. So now Velveteen's going to win the title. Velveteen even hits his um, finisher, which is um, the Macho Man elbow. And he, he has a different name for it, obviously. But uh, he hits that. Looks like he's going to win the match. But Cole kicks out. Tough son of a gun. Cole eventually hits his finish. Gets the pin in an amazing match. And his reign is now close to 400 days. And there was some talk uh, on the interwebs recently about how Cole's contract might be running out. But um, there was a report the other day that says it's not for another year. I think Triple H loves Adam Cole. He loves the Undisputed Era. I think eventually you'll see him and that faction on the main roster. But right now, I think it really, really works well for NXT. Well, you know what's amazing is that Road Dog came out today. I don't know if it was yesterday or today, but it's it's breaking over the internet right now, concerning Adam Cole, and he made a he made a a comment saying Adam Cole would be WWE Universal Champion right now if he mm-hmm. had Karrion Cross's size. And this I goes this goes back to the whole thing that people have always complained about. There's a lot of wrestling fans that say you know the the best talent doesn't always end up winning the titles because Vince likes the big guys. Look at Triple H. He's a big guy. Look at look at mm-hmm. look at all the guys that have been pushed over the years. They're big guys. On the other hand, unless you have a groundswell like Daniel Bryan had, that yeah. the, you're not going to make it as a smaller guy. And to be honest with you, I've never I never bought the Rey Mysterio championship. Like I never liked the the tiny guys winning all the time because I'd be like, well, so and so over here could crush him in a heartbeat. Like maybe in one match the guy gets over on somebody who's bigger than him, but ten, nine times out of ten he's going to lose most of the time. And it goes, I mean, we've talked about this on this show before, intergender matches. It's hard to sell those. You have to find the right kind of person you go with. So I kind of get it. But if he's got that much talent to be the WWE Universal Champion, one of two things is going on right now. One, they're like, well, we can't make him that, but he can help us carry our NXT product. So that's why he's going to continue to win. Or two, at some point, they're waiting for the right moment to bring him up and actually introduce him into a title picture, and they're going to keep the belt on him until then to continue to give him you know, the, the push that he would need to have because he's going to need an extra push to get over these guys. So it makes sense in that, in that respect why he continues to hold the title. He just has that tremendous it factor, and, and the fans love him, especially the marks out there, as, they, as people call them. They just love Adam Cole. He just has that... Uh, it's the, it, people has that undeniable it factor. He's great in the ring. He has a coolness factor. He's hip with the kids. Um, he has the catchphrase Adam Cole, baby. And the era is kind of a cool faction, like in, in the throes of an NWO or a modern day four horsemen. They're all all those guys are great workers. I mean, I I can totally see this working on a Raw or a SmackDown as well at some point. If Vince is like, okay, that big personality, that that big it factor kind of overcomes, quote, the size def, uh, deficit in, in some thought. I mean, yeah, a lot of people are like, oh, the size, the size, everybody's got to be six foot five. I mean, there was an era that we had that. Nowadays, yeah, you mentioned Daniel Bryan with the groundswell. CM Punk had that similar groundswell after the pipe bomb promo, and he had that two and a half year run where he's mostly champion. Not in the main event a whole lot, which was a bunch of crap. It was. But, yeah. But, yeah, guys like that came all along, and Daniel Bryan. And uh, even you mentioned Mysterio. I mean, I thought that worked for a very short time. 
and I, I hate to say it as much as I love Ray as a performer and as a person, and it wasn't for the Eddie Guerrero passing, untimely passing, I'm not sure if he would have gotten that shot. Um, WrestleMania 22 was totally affected by that. Uh, the talk was Eddie Guerrero was going to Shawn Mike, fight Shawn Michaels there, and Ray probably would have been in a different match. I mean, it was a great story. They told it very well. The fans loved it. I loved it. But, yeah, I mean, sometimes things happen to change things organically, and I think that's exactly what happened with Rey Mysterio. So uh, I think they took advantage of the situation there and made it look really, really good. But, yeah, I mean, the whole mindset of the size thing is kind of an unfortunate, like, block, at least back in the day. I mean, a little bit more relaxed now, but still, a little I think bit. Vince still has a little that. Bit. Yeah, Vince, a little Vince bit. still has that mentality, I think, in the back of his mind, along with a lot of other things about writing television and stuff like that that people don't like but uh anyway hey anyway guess what we just did and and i i feel like we need to have a noise when we do this how about this one Uh-oh. we actually spent half the show on just one promotion and what, <laughs> su- and what sucks is that i still want to talk about one more wwe thing if you don't mind i just want to get your thoughts yeah. on it real quick okay because we brought it up last week we brought okay. up the nia Jax thing and that, that she she injured a wrestler we were wondering is she too dangerous And now Forbes magazine has an article out this week where they're quoting that they have a veteran wrestler inside the locker room. This is the quote that this veteran wrestler said. She didn't whip her. She grabbed her by the head and threw, shoved her. It was 100% Nia's fault. She never left, let her find her balance after pulling her out of the ring. And then she pushed her head down so she wouldn't be able to see. And then threw her forward, hard head first, off balance towards the steps. There's no chance there. It didn't look to be 100%, or it did mm-hmm. look to be 100% Jax's fault. Now, here's the question. Because of her wrestling lineage, and that is a, a amazing lineage. That's a big wrestling family she comes from. The same yes. one as the Usos and the Rocks. And, yes. and, and, and all. There, there, there are multiple wrestlers from that family in there right now. It's comparable to when the Hearts were everywhere in WWE. Okay? The Hart family was just all across the thing. That's what's going on right now. You don't realize it because they're not all walking around with the same last name, but there's there's a big family contingent inside of wrestling. Do you think that comes into play on whether or not WWE continues to give her chance after chance when, when it's, when you now have wrestlers reportedly in the locker room saying she should be fired. Like she, she's going to hurt somebody. She's going to paralyze somebody. She's going to kill somebody like, like WWE runs a risk there, but there's also a pretty big family they're attached to. And you have to wonder if that's coming into play. How much does that come into play now? Because I know years ago, it probably came into play totally. I mean, you look at the Bret Hart or at the Owen Hart thing, the, the yes. whole family thing, you could see it's a major impact on how people actually look at things. If he wasn't Owen Hart, that might have been handled even even differently than it was. So so what what do you take? What's your take on it right now in this modern era? I think there's still some uh, strong family ties now. It may not be as strong as it was back in the day especially like territory days or even like the 80s, early 90s type days. But yeah, I mean, she's still part of the Rock's family. So there's probably still some pull there. And in fact, Rock's daughter, uh, Simone, is now at the Performance Center. So she's actually in training to become a wrestler. But I think they're taking their time with her just because she's still so young, trying to get into the business and they want to do it the right way. And to circle back to what we were just talking about with Adam Cole and the size thing, it's the size thing again with Nia Jax. She's one of the, the biggest wrestlers on the women's division. I, and the way they even shoot Nia Jax coming down the ring, they portray her as a big, strong monster. And 
I, again, I think that's also part of um, the big push for her because she's, you know, Vince likes the big guys. And you know, I guess he also likes the big girls in terms of what they can do, what they can display in the ring with their power. Um, I, and, I, and I expressed recently, too, that I kind of like Nia. I think she's got a good personality. I like the character. But, yeah, the recklessness and, and some, the sometimes utter, like, um, mistakes and not caring enough for your opponent is could eventually hurt her in the long term. I mean, I think maybe with this groundswell behind the scenes, it might um, put knock her down the card a little bit, or they might take a break with her and put her off TV. In fact, you know, in the past when a wrestler might have been struggling a little bit with their character or maybe need a little bit more development, uh, prime example back in the day was Mark Henry. Uh, early 2000s, even after his run with the Nation of Domination, Mark got sent back down to OVW to do some work. And he went down there, he busted his butt. Uh, guys like Rip Rogers and Danny Davis really gave it to him hard. He came back as a monster. And I, I thought, you know, sometimes maybe a little bit more seasoning or development for somebody that really could help. And maybe in this case with Nia, maybe send her back to the PC a little bit and uh, get the get the lights um, a little bit dimmer on her. Uh, have her work with the coaches a little bit more. Have her work with younger talent and maybe a little bit of less of a pressure situation. Maybe even have her go back through NXT a little bit. And hopefully she won't kill like Io Shirai down there. Right. But I think maybe that's the way you can go with that. I mean, it's, it's not a, unprecedented. And if you think about it, that's, you know, again, I sometimes feel like when they come from a wrestling family, they move quicker. And that's a danger sometimes. And she probably she probably isn't ready because she didn't they move them too quicker. Yeah, exactly. Look at what look at the rock. Now he was he was up way too soon. And if mm-hmm. you read his book, I still have his book here. It's sitting on a shelf here, right down here at the bar. That's okay? right. In and and, and yeah. if you if you read his book, he even admits that, man, like he he wanted it, but they he wasn't ready when they brought him up, and he was just fortunate that he was able to find his voice at the right time in the right era, or he would have just been another uh-huh. never was that went through WWE. All right. Well, Vince likes the big girls. Uh, I uh, thoroughly enjoy Zelina Vega in an Ariana Grande mm-hmm. costume. And uh, <laughs> I would also like to know uh, what though is going on locally. Anything new here? Have you heard about anything new with the promotions? Are we still slowly opening up uh, any, anything kind of popping off? Yeah. Well, there are companies that are slowly starting to plan back. Uh, I, I mentioned last week there was an, uh, an, a show called ICW up in the Milwaukee suburbs. That actually did happen. It went without a hitch from the sounds of it. Uh, POW Entertainment is doing a show uh, next weekend in the Chicago area. It's going to be an outdoor show, though, so they're going to play a little safer with that, which I think is probably a good thing. Um, I'm also mentioning pre- premier... Um, Pro Wrestling, PPW, they do TV tapings every week at a small place up in Woodstock. They returned last week. They're doing another one this weekend. Uh, I think only a handful of people do those tapings, and I think they're very careful since they can space people out. And as far as local stuff goes, AAW, which is the biggest promotion in the area, they've postponed everything up until July to their next show at 115 Bourbon Street at Marionette Park. So the local scene slowly starting to turn the wheels, slowly starting to come back. Um, so that's what we have there. And also, if we want to head into AEW at some point, which we might, which is the few minutes left, a local twist on AEW uh, tonight, if you're listening on Tuesday, 
either on the live feed or when we come out Tuesday afternoon, AEW Dark on YouTube. And if you're listening afterwards, you'll have to catch it on YouTube, which is going to be really, really cool. Robert Ego Anthony gets the shot, not for the title, but he gets a shot at the AEW champion, John Moxley. Wow. This is a huge deal. And they have history, actually. You go back 10 years in Combat Zone Wrestling out in the East, and Robert Ego and Anthony actually beat Moxley for the CZW Championship. And this was actually at a time just after Anthony was in WWE developmental for Leap South and FCW. And this was right before Moxley, who became Dean Ambrose, went to WWE developmental for FCW and NXT. So, yeah, they have a history, and they're friendly, and it should be interesting exhibition for um, for Ego on Tuesday Night Dark, and I'm really, really looking forward to it. Yeah, I always love it when somebody we've been talking about on the show who's around here in Chicago, and then we see them start to get kind of a an opportunity, and it's kind of fun. First off, I do think these promotions are going to eventually start opening up even more. I mean, the WHO coming out in the last 24 hours now saying, well, we've done some more research and it's possible you really have a very slim chance of catching this uh, from somebody who's asymptomatic. Holy cow. I can't believe it's like four articles down or five articles down on CNN. It's like that could change how everything works here because you could all of a sudden say, okay, we're going to open things up now and just start taking temperatures at the door. It, it, it could be very interesting in the next couple of months how the world changes. We've, always, we've been saying it. It's going to change day to day and week to week. But then talking about AEW, did you see this weird exchange between Lacey Evans and Brian Cage on Twitter? Like, what, what the hell is that? Like, first of all, oh, gosh, let me, I'm going to tell you about this, okay? So okay. Bra- Lacey Evans is doing a move, right? So it, here's what happens. She she does a springboard moonsault, okay? And yes. Cage sent out a clip of him doing the move, and the fan a fan accused Cage of stealing the move from Evans. He ah. responded saying, "I've been doing it before she knew WWE WWF was WWE." Now the problem is <laughs> Cage is terrible at spelling. So instead of writing new K N E W he wrote it N-E-W. So okay. immediately, Lacey Evans corrects his English. So oh, now, so she's, a grammar Nazi. she's a grammar Nazi. <laughs> so now he writes back again and he uses your Y-O-U-R instead of, I mean, he like, he screws up you and your again. So oh, then she would really get pissed. Right. About so that. now, so now like Lacey's all over. Him, okay. And then, and then at one point when she's correcting him, she says, I don't know who you are. You're nasty. I'm four years in the game, and I'm already doing it better than you. And she's got asterisks next to all of the different words that he misspelled. So they go back and forth on this thing. And I, it was just, and she even starts a hashtag, you nasty. That she starts running while she's, <laughs> while she's like sending this stuff to Brian Cage. And I'm like, you know, first of all, Twitter is stupid and I hate it. Like there's, there's yeah, so much it, about Twitter that I dislike. Yeah. It's one of the reasons that the world is as screwed up as it is. I, I'm not a fan of social <laughs> media and I am, uh, I am probably, uh, Twitter is probably the worst one in my mind. It just, people just spout off and, and just say whatever they want to. And then people quote things that aren't actually fact and you can't tell who's yeah. joking and who isn't joking. And it just, it just makes people angry. I don't know who goes on Twitter and comes off of it feeling better about the world. It's just a nasty place to go to. And the only reason we even have a Twitter account is because we're trying to get the word out about the show. But if Twitter went away tomorrow, I'd be totally cool with it. All right. But 
This is the one time that you're like, oh, look, a fight. It's like a schoolyard thing. Like, fight, fight. You run over. You want to watch this thing. But I just don't get it. Like, why is a a, 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 a female wrestler WWE beefing with a male wrestler in AEW? Like, there's that, there's no way there's an angle on this. There's just two people having a stupid argument. Yeah, that's all it is, really. And in Cage's defense, he has been in the business for quite a long time, probably closing in about 15 years. In fact, he was in WWE developmental probably around the same time Robert Eagle Anthony was, late to, like, 2006, 7, 8-ish or so. Yeah, because he was a very young guy. Um, I think WWE liked his look back then, but obviously he took a different path to where he ended up in AEW. And yeah, he does do that moonsault. He's amazing what he can do for being a guy that's so jacked and can move around that ring. And in fact, he could be a guy that could carry AEW as your champion at some point. I think he's that good. And we're going to see that match down the line in the next few weeks. In AEW, Cage against Moxley for the title. That's already been set up. It's going to happen either July 1st or July 8th during the AEW Dynamite Fighter Fest specials. They're going to do it on two nights. They haven't told us which night it's going to be on yet, obviously. But, yeah, that, that's coming. That's in the pipeline, too. I love Lacey as well. I, I mean, two pretty cool people in my book beefing on Twitter and I, I always enjoy Lacey's work. Some people may, may not have liked her as much as I have, but I think she's found her her voice as a good guy, as a baby face, too. I mean, they tried making her a heel on the main roster. I didn't think it worked as well. I thought with the whole military thing and that, she would be a great baby face, and they, they finally saw that, and they turned her baby face. So I get a very entertaining little Twitter between those two, and um I'm a big fan of both. Well, you're the expert that's watched them much more than probably the mainstream people have. And so now I'm going to ask you the question, because that was the real thing that nobody could figure out in the back and forth. Fans arguing over it. Who does that move better? Who does that move better, Mike? Is it, wow. is it Cage or is it Evans? <laughs> I'm going to let you, we're going to end the show on this as we get close to 30 minutes and unless there's something else you want to throw in. But but who does that move better? Put me on the spot, but uh, I think... <laughs> I know Lacey looks better doing it. I'll tell you that much. Like, she, I she enjoy may, watching her do it far yeah, more. I, she, she may look better doing it, but <laughs> I'm going to give the edge to Cage here just because of the sheer mass. I mean, you're seeing this big jack guy. He's six foot tall. He's got an eight pack. He's got muscles where you don't even know you have muscles, like uh, quoting a Jerry Lawler line from Rob back in the day. <laughs> and you can see him doing a moonsault or a foot like that. It's just amazing. That's that awesome. guy can really go. He has an arsenal. I, I give the edge to Cage, but I think they both do it pretty well. Awesome. Well, look, man, I, uh, I'm i glad we got to hang out today. Uh, I know it's been a rough couple of weeks. Uh, I'm hoping for good things for you and the family here going forward because it's been a tough road. And I'm just glad that you're able to get the out. I keep telling Mike, like, hey, uh, why don't we just take a week off so you can get stuff settled? He's like, no, this is the only time I'm happy. Like, I just need I need yeah. to I need to talk for a half hour. I need to talk wrestling. And uh, you could feel it when he's talking about it right now. At least I can. There's just something extra in his voice that he's just he's just relieved to be able to do the show. And um, <laughs> that's what makes that's what makes Mike Pankow like one of the guys that you probably want to listen to and read uh, his stuff at WindyCitySlam.com and, and, and understand what's going on. Not only locally, but nationally, because there's a pure love of it that in the worst time, he's like, I need my wrestling. It's the only thing that's going to make me feel better. So I'm glad we were able to do that, buddy. Yeah, I am glad, too. And real quick, one thing for you. Check out CM Punk's Grammar Slam YouTube videos. I mean, those are awesome. 
So that's why I mentioned CM Punk briefly earlier during the whole Twitter beef with Lacey and Brian Cage. He is a grammar Nazi too. And you will love these <laughs> videos. You'll be laughing out loud watching them. He pulls no punches. So check them out. They're, they're on the Nerdist channel, which is Chris Hardwick's deal. Uh, he did maybe like 10 or 12 of these over the last few years. Really, really funny. Check them out. And also check out this weekend, WWE Backlash. Uh, Edge and Randy Orton is the match I'm probably looking forward to the most there. They're calling it the greatest wrestling match ever since I kind of like they're countering the brawl from WrestleMania. So we'll see what happens there, and we'll talk about it next week. That's Mike Pankow. I'm Chris Lanuti. Make sure you check out Windy City Slam live every week and then on demand everywhere podcasts can be found and always at WindyCitySlam.com. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye-bye.